When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, well, today's had more action from a trade point of view than we've seen all the other days combined. Five deals done. Maybe not all the other days combined, but not far off it. Five deals done. I'll take you through all of those and we'll um, just walk over uh, the Toby Green decision. Three games now to six. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. Uh, thank you for joining me wherever you're joining me from, however you're joining me. It is wonderful to have your company with us. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number to get involved with Time On. Your say on the news of the day. If you've been listening to SEN uh, from the moment that Gary and Tim opened the mics this morning at six all the way through to now, uh, we'd love. And you haven't been able to call in but you've been itching to give your view on any of the topics that are making news today, now is your chance. one 736 736 is the number. 0433-981116 is the number to text us on the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. And a heap to work through uh, over the next hour. And, of course, uh, it's one thing to have the news, but it's much better to have your say on the news. So looking forward to speaking to you across the course of the next hour. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So five deals done today and we'll walk our way through those. Starting with probably the most high profile. Um, it was probably the biggest name that we knew was on the trade table coming into this trade period. Uh, Adam Scherer, uh, this has been spoken about for most of the year that he would leave Fremantle and look to come back to Victoria. Um, that has materialised obviously requesting that trade uh, from Frio a little while ago and uh, then nominating last week Carlton as his preferred destination, and that has been achieved today. So the Frio Dockers get pick six, which was always going to be the cornerstone of this trade, and they get a future third-round selection. Carlton uh, get Adam Chera, so nothing coming back, nothing extra coming back the other way. And what a day to do it too on his 22nd birthday. Uh, he wanted to move back to Victoria. He's had four seasons at the Dockers, 75 games. Um, was a top 10 in their best and fairest this year. He was top three last year. I think he might have been fifth in their best and fairest this year. Uh, so the Dockers now have got picks six and eight in this year's drafts, as well as 19 and 22. 22 or 19 looking like the uh, magic pick to get the Jordan Clark deal done with Geelong. So um, Fremantle doing very nicely in this trade period. And let's be honest, that's not something we've said often um, over the journey with Fremantle, but that's a a good win for them today. If they're going to lose a top five draft pick, you want to make sure you're getting something decent back to it. And 
Interesting that Max Lawton uh, tweeted a little earlier from Fox Sports about just what that means in terms of the draft index and the value of pick six in a third-round selection. So by the um, the calculations set forth in the AFL draft value index, apparently um, pick six and a future third-round pick uh, in terms of points value is worth pick four under the AFL draft value index. So that's more than GWS received for Jeremy Cameron. So with the three first-rounders that they received, in total equaled the value of pick five. But it's less than what Lockie Neal and Jesse Hogan's trades were worth in 2018. Both of those worth pick three going back uh, to the teams that they left. And again, Fremantle involved in all of those. So um, that's really interesting. So uh, a heavy price paid by Carlton in some aspects, but that pick six will end up being around pick eight when we know the father-son bids will come for Nick Dacos and Sam Darcy. So uh, well done to all parties involved. And now Adam Chera um, is a blue and should be a walk-up start into their uh, starting midfield. And he gives them some, uh, he's a good connectivity player going inside Ford 50. So 1300 736 736 Blues fans, Lewis Young, of course, as well, heading uh, to uh, Prince's Park. And you've already got George Hewitt there. And there's a few other list changes that have happened for Carlton today, which we'll get through. So, Blues fans, are you feeling buoyant? You're getting excited about what's building. New coach, Michael Voss, you've got one of the best CEOs uh, that the game has, uh, has ever produced in uh, Brian Cook. There's a lot of positivity coming uh, out of Carlton at the moment. A three-way deal occurred today. Uh, mentioned Lewis Young before, but that deal all happened. Uh, Carlton trading Sam Petrovsky seaton to West Coast for pick 52. So that is a big slide when um, you look at the fact that they took him at pick six in his draft year um, for Sam petrovsky seaton um, That pick was then on-traded to the Western Bulldogs for Lewis Young. So petrovsky seaton played 94 games for the Blues, uh, was pick six in that 2016 draft, just 11 games this season, and uh, wasn't able to find his preferred playing position. So hoping to do that at the West Coast Eagles. And then Carlton get the flexible and versatile Lewis Young. So 201-centimetre defender, can go forward, can go into the ruck. Uh, and Tim O'Brien, uh, 27 years of age, so he's been uh, at Hawthorne now for about nine years. And and Tim O'Brien and any Hawthorne fan that will want to ring in on 1300 736 736 will tell you the same thing. Every uh, season that uh, we've gone, that a Hawthorne fan's gone into, you've always wondered, will this be the breakout year for Tim O'Brien? So many times you see glimpses of his aerial prowess and uh, he's a good user of the footy. Um, but his best games actually for Hawthorne this year were when he was moved into defence. Uh, and that looks to be what the dogs have recruited him to be. So he's an unrestricted free agent. He goes to the kennel now. They're looking to go one better, obviously, after losing uh, the grand final a couple of weeks ago. So Tim O'Brien, 27 years of age, looks set to play his best footy as a defender. Um, and that's a bit of welcome relief to a back line that for many all year was the just the nagging query over the Western Bulldogs, wasn't it? It's just, yeah, they're great. The midfield's great. Looks like the forward line's quite potent. Uh, but are we solid enough in defence? Are we a little bit too short in defence? Do we have enough in defence? So hopefully that goes uh, a little ways to um, correcting or to uh, appeasing that concern. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Other deals done today. Will Brody uh, goes from the Gold Coast to Frio. So Gold Coast trade Will Brody along with picks 19, 61 and 69 to Fremantle for the Dockers' future second and fourth round picks. That's a good deal done by Frio, who will now be able to smooth out that he's got about 400k apparently 
um, owing on, on the last year of his deal. They should be able to smooth that out um, when they restructure his contract. Um, so it won't doesn't really cost them anything in terms of money. It doesn't really cost them anything in terms of picks. And that valuable pick 19 opens the door up for other things. And you get and you get a guy who is 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 what everybody seems to be looking for these days, the big bodied mid. That's what Will Brody is. Just just they, they had a plethora of young midfielders at the Gold Coast and, and, and they can't keep them all. But he was pick nine in his draft year. And I think I think it's a really good pickup for Fremantle. Hopefully a, a new environment, the belief of a very good young coach in Justin Longmuir. Um, that might be all it needs for him to realise the potential um, that everybody saw uh, and what helped him go at pick nine in that draft year. Uh, Collingwood are set to move on its pick 22. The Pies set to do a deal with Fremantle for pick 27 and a future third rounder. That deal got done, um, my belief is. Yeah, that deal was done. So pick 22 to Frio um, and the Pies get pick 27 and a future third rounder. Um, that deal did get done. Uh, so one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The five deals done today on the busiest day of this free agency and trade period. Uh, Greg's calling in Blackburn, a very good friend of the show, regular caller, and it's always wonderful to hear from you. G'day, Greg. Let's go again. G'day, Greg. Happy Thursday. Hello. I haven't spoken to you since the mighty Melbourne win. I'm just still coming down from it. My question is, why didn't St Kilda want Luke Dunstan anymore? I don't know. In his words, Brett Ratton just didn't rate him. That's um, what he said when he was interviewed on Sports Day um, after he was delisted. He got the second most Brownlow votes this year's Brownlow, 11 from 12 games. Um, I think he was the only other Saint to get double-figure Brownlow votes other than Jack Steele, of course. And I, I spoke about it last night, Greg, that a lot of people want to look to what Luke Dunstan can't do, and maybe he's not the best user of the ball, even though his disposal efficiency is actually better than Christian Petrarca's, um, and it's only 2% worse than Adam Chera's. Um, I, everything that he does well, so that the things that he does well, um, he does at an above-average or elite level if you look at in the AFL stats rankings. So he's a very, very good player. And, and what I liked about when he spoke this morning to, to SEN was that he said that Melbourne have said we can see where we can get some improvement from you. So they they recruited him for what he can do and believe that they can actually help him. And look at what they did to help Clayton Oliver with his kicking. You know, um, Clayton Oliver spoken about what Alan Richardson did to help him with that. Adam Uze has been really um, effective uh, and has had a massive impact on the connectivity of the midfielders inside forward fifty. Um, yeah, they'll 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 help him out with anything that he wants help with, and he'll only be a better player for it. Yeah, I heard you say that last night, and I'm just—it's a really good pickup for Melbourne, I reckon. He might play a lot of resi games, but um, I'm wrapped, and it must have cost us bugger all. And it didn't cost you anything, because uh, he comes as a huh. uh, yeah, he comes as a listed free agent, so you didn't have to give up anything for him, uh, and and you're probably not paying him massive dollars either. And what he has shown, Greg, is that. Yeah, he might spend some time in the twos, but the moment he comes back in, this isn't a guy that needs a couple of games to get warmed up. He comes back in and has an impact straight away. I mean, he averaged 26 disposals, I think, from his 12 games. And as I say, he's a elite um, for inside 50s. He's elite for clearances. Uh, and he's above average in, in, in most of the other things that he that he does well. And there's he, he ranks as elite in some, in some other categories too. So yeah, he's only made them stronger in the middle. 
Yeah, good pickup. Thanks, mate. Enjoy your program. Uh, thank you, Greg. Always a pleasure to hear from you. one 736 736 is the number. 0433 Tim O'Brien, incidentally, was on with Bob and Andy earlier today. Yeah, it is. Um, like it's a it's a two year deal um, that I'm obviously very happy to to take upon. Um, yeah, I don't have to move anywhere. Um, going to a club that's obviously right up there contending. Um, they were looking for a player with my sort of skill set, so um, it's worked both for them and for myself. So yeah, really exciting. Congratulations on the new role, Tim. Uh, just, can you flesh out a bit of the detail on on the conversations you've had with the Bulldogs about about your role and what you could bring to the team? Yeah, I had a quick chat with Bevo um, this morning and it, it'll be in the back end um, across half-back to be able to help, I guess, intercept um, intercept Mark and, um, and, yeah, turn the footy over to allow... I guess those little fellas that we know are pretty handy players to then to, to do the rest of the work. But, yeah, it'll be across the back half to um, help intercept the ball. Tim O'Brien with Bob and Andy earlier on this afternoon, and we were just speaking about Luke Dunstan. He spoke to... Uh, who did he speak to today, Julia? Who? <laughs> you can just tell me. He spoke to breakfast. He spoke to Gary and Tim a little earlier today and spoke about his AFL experience so far. Um, Look, it's probably been a whirlwind, to be honest. No different to the, the last couple of weeks. But um, I guess I guess the thing about AFL footy is that the you know the highs are high, but the lows are pretty low. So um, you might not get that in most jobs. It might sort of float along pretty evenly. But yeah, the, the lows are pretty low and. When things aren't going well, it is difficult and challenging. And um, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of work in that space over the last sort of two or three years with um, with Emma Murray, and um, she's been amazing for me. And um, I just feel like I'm in a pretty good headspace right now, and I'm I'm really just looking forward to you know a fresh start and um, and and some new challenges. Luke Dunstan speaking to Gary and Tim on SEN Breakfast earlier this morning. SEN.com.au to hear the full chat. But he also um, answered why it was that he chose Melbourne. In the end, like it was, it was probably a bit of a no-brainer for me. I, I watched, um, I watched over sort of the finals periods with um, the boys that were, you know, playing good footy and, and doing their interviews after the game, and they were all very well spoken, and, and they kept, you know, bringing it back to their their culture that they sort of started day one of preseason and. Uh, and I thought, listen to that, it was it was very impressive. And then, um, yeah, when they reached out and spoke to me, um, yeah, just I guess guess the things that they spoke about in terms of the, you know, I'm 26, but they see a lot of improvement left in me, and um, they've got a program that's set up to to want to drive that. Um, and yeah, in the end, it was really just a no-brainer. I mean, people are obviously going to say. The chatter probably will be that you know you're not going to you're not going to get a game. You'd be playing in the twos anyway. But obviously, I'm going to I'm going to back myself in. Um, I'm in a comfortable spot of where my footy's at. And um, speaking of Goody, he, he's already sort of spoken about them. Really focusing on my strengths, and um, that's something that I'm I'm excited by. And yeah, I'm obviously just going to get in there and work my backside off. And um, if it is that I'm not in the ones, I, I still it's yeah, it's not the be all or end all. And um, I'm just going to be excited to be a part of a happy group that are um, hopefully playing good for you and winning games.
Luke Dunstan, who spoke to Gary and Tim earlier on today, SEN.com.au to hear the full chat. The boys back tomorrow morning from six. But Gary also uh, elaborated on the role that he thinks Luke Dunstan can play for the D's. I see him as a Jack Graham type for this group. Mm-hmm. What Jack Graham was to Richmond in terms of he didn't play. I'm just trying to look. I, I can't remember. He didn't play in the early premierships, did he, from a Richmond footy club point of view? Um, I think he missed the first one. And then he was injured. He, he had the shoulder, yeah. remember? He t- pulled himself out and then became a really good player and has become even better with time. So I think that's sort of the role. And the interesting thing is it was Melbourne that went to him. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like he's a great citizen. Like I, you know, like if you talk to people around that have worked with him, that, you know, he's really professional, that type of thing. And, you know, you, you, can't, you, you can't dismiss the fact that you need – you need a list. You yeah. need a depth of talent to get to where you need to go. You need to qualify. Like you might have a, you know, like, you know, they're going to front up again next year, Melbourne, but you've got to get there. You've got to win enough games throughout the course of the year. You're going to have injuries. You're going to be challenged in different mm. ways. Mm. So you need those depth players. But then when those players get their opportunity and they play, then somebody else has to shift them off the line and take their position in the team. And we've seen that time and time yeah. again in the history of this game where somebody comes in and they don't give up their position. And that's actually good for your team. So good. That is great for your team. And the Adam Muse conversation I had with him was it's just hit the money, you know. Just so, and that's where he fits. Graham played in the first one, kicked three, and then did his shoulder in the 2019. Right. Gary Lyon, Tim Watson speaking about the impact that Luke Dunstan can have and the role that he can play uh, at Melbourne. Uh, Ron Intertura off the text says, Dunstan a great pickup, Sam, but only query is he's leaving a club that wouldn't play him to go to a club with their lineup that probably won't have a spot for him either. Same, same situation. Ron, I reckon it's a little different because look at how well he played knowing as he said, that the coach didn't rate. This is not a crack at Brett Ratton, by the way. But look at how well he played for a coach that he said didn't rate him, knowing that he was playing for his football life. Well, Melbourne, as Gary said, have gone to him and said, we want you. We believe in you. We think we, act- we can actually make you better and you can make us better. So just, the, just knowing that in your mind automatically has you well ahead of where you would have been when you were, you know, fighting for your life, trying to keep your head above water, you know, doing the egg beater kick just to keep your head uh, above the choppy waves. So uh, he already goes into a much smoother body of water uh, and one that's keen to have him. So I hear what you're saying and, and, I, and I understand the concern, but I think that the fact that Melbourne have gone to him and said, we think you can make us better and we think we can make you better. Again, the idea now in footy that you look to get players who you think can make you better and you worry, you concern yourself more with what they can do, not, not the things that they can't. And, and if you think that you can help them improve those areas, you do, but you pump them up for what they give you, not what they don't give you. Uh, and we've seen some great examples of that over the years. And on the flip side, off the text, it's easy to, it's, it's easy to chippy kicks 15 metres sideways to get your efficiency at high, high level. Can't kick right foot and panics under extreme pressure. That's from Big Roo. Um, well, Big group, as I said, 11 Brownlow votes in 12 games. Um, whether you respect the umpire's view on it or not, um, he was easily their, their second highest vote getter this year. And uh, clearly a reigning Premier, you, you would have to respect their judgment. I mean, they've put together a Premiership list. So the, the, the people that have put together a Premiership list are saying, we think he can make us better and we think we can help him get better. Um, so hopefully, if those are your concerns with him, that's hopefully some things that they can help him with. But uh, appreciate your text, 0433 uh, uh Did you laud what Alan Richardson did for Alan Clayton, uh, for Clayton Oliver after Dunstan 
played under Richardson already. I spoke about Mark Williams. I thought it was um, Clayton Oliver commended, and I'll have to double-check the article or the interview, but Clayton Oliver spoke about what Mark Williams did to help him with his kicking. Uh, Adam Uze's had a great impact in that area, uh, taking Melbourne uh, to be a much more efficient side using the ball forward. And, yeah, Luke Dunstan did play under uh, Alan Richardson already, and I think that's one of the reasons why they were so keen to have him. Um, so I think he's actually been an advocate for uh, Luke Dunstan to join them. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A little late getting to the break. We'll come back. Pete and Paran, if you could just spare me a couple of minutes, uh, we'll come back and give you some clean air to have your say on the news of the day. Toby Green, of course, the other big story today. Uh, I'll bring you up to speed on what unfolded uh, at the appeals tribunal today. And where it sits now, a three-week ban now to a six. You can have your say on that one. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Is this time on SEN? I think it's about right. I said it at the time. You know, the umpires are a no-go zone, particularly in the manner that uh, Toby went at uh, the umpire and made contact. In these guys, you know, they're matrix-like in the way they perform with the football in and out of traffic all day. They know where people are. They know where space is. They don't walk into an umpire by accident. It's a six-weeker every day of the, of the year. You've got to support the umpires that are in the role at the moment and those coming through at lesser levels. It, it, the numbers are falling through the floor. We've got, to, we've got to make their jobs easier, not harder. Players know. They, they know that it's a no-go zone. Toby knows. Three was never uh, a severe enough penalty, and I think they've, they've found uh, the right market today with six. David King speaking to the pipe, Dwayne Russell on Dwayne's World earlier on today. Toby Green will miss the first five matches of the 2022 season. His suspension has been increased from three to six following the AFL's appeal uh, of the tribunal decision. So the AFL appeals board today imposed that six-match suspension after the tribunal initially handed down a three-match sanction for intentional umpire contact during the Giants' elimination final against the Swans in August. So uh, the AFL appealed the initial three-match suspension um, uh, at the time. Uh, Gil McLaughlin uh, was perplexed by the decision. Uh, during the day, uh, a couple of key points, AFL counsel Jeff Gleeson said that Toby Green's bump was brazen, was a brazen act of contempt for the umpire. That was argued um, by Toby Green's lawyer saying that the existing three-game ban was very, very significant. Uh, the Giants won't be challenging this, by the way. The Appeals Board Chair, uh, Murray Callum QC, said that uh, the board had considered the need to deter players from all levels against similar behaviour. So uh, he went on to say, this is a message that goes further than just AFL players. It is a message to the whole Australian football community. Um, respect for the umpires at the heart of the integrity of the game. Um, that bump on Matt Stevick was uh, during the quarter-time break uh, of the Giants' elimination final against Sydney. Um, it was also said by Jeff Gleeson um, that we shouldn't be distracted by the reference to the contact or level of contact being relatively minor. He said the message that needs to be communicated to Mr Green and to all players, participants, viewers, umpires and prospective umpires is you simply do not aggressively touch an umpire. Uh, Green's lawyer, Ben Isle, QC, said that... Uh, the initial three-game ban, very, very significant, and the AFL did not prove otherwise. He said the AFL has not discharged its burden of demonstrating to this appeal board that three weeks was so far out of the range as to be evidently, obviously, apparently, or plainly wrong. And he said that the penalty should take into account the stress Green endured while waiting to discover 
his fate. So you can have your say on that. Uh, GWS General Manager of Footy, Jason McCartney, has said the club has accepted the increased penalty. He said, as we said at the time as a club, we maintain that umpires are sacrosanct. We understand the important role they play in our game and they are to be respected at all times. Toby apologised for his actions. He is remorseful, remorseful for the incident uh, that occurred and understands the responsibility he has to umpires specifically and to the game more broadly. Uh, you can have your say on that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. But that probably sits about right. Three always felt a little light. Six seems to be uh, about right. And it does send the strongest possible message. Uh, so I think that they actually got that right today. Uh, Pete's in Paran. G'day, Pete. G'day, mate. How are you? Thanks Good. No, thank you for waiting so patiently. I appreciate it. No, no worries. No worries. Um, I, I did want to speak about Tim O'Brien, but I did want to just mention on this one as well, if you don't mind. I, I don't mind the six weeks. I heard um, I heard the, the interview with Kingy today, and King uh, made the point that maybe the, um, the three guys who oversee this, the whatever we call them, tribunal, whatever we call them these days, I'm from old school, um, may need to be replaced. Or he was intimating that that maybe they should be looked at and we might need to replace them. I think in in fairness to them, on the day um, when the hearing happened, uh, I happened to be across across it on the radio. And... um, the umpire had really gone out of his way to tell um, everyone that he didn't feel threatened in any way or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think he really uh, swung them around to to making them feel like it wasn't so such a harsh kind of penalty. And then when he was showing the image, he said, yes, it didn't look good. But I think he'd really gone out of his way um, to influence their opinion in terms of how he felt. And I think they took that into consideration. So just in fairness to those guys, I'm just bringing it up because Kingy feels that they haven't done their job uh, and he intimated whether, you know, we need to look at their positions and whether, you know, they, their positions are still viable given that sort of uh, uh, initial outcome. So uh, that's my opinion on that one. Um, and on Tim O'Brien, heard the interview uh, with Sandy earlier. I was fortunate enough to be in front of the radio. Um, wish him all the best. Uh, he was, yes, you, you're spot on every year at Hawthorne. He was like, we were hoping that would be the breakout year. He had showed some amazing signs, uh, as he did later in this year with that incredible mark. Um, and he mentioned on the interview, it was a very revealing interview where he mentioned the, the challenges, the personal challenges he has mm. with his confidence. Uh, if he manages to, to get through that and, you know, he's going to a good bunch of, of people there at, uh, at Footscray, if he manages to get some help and deal with that, he could do anything. He really can. He's got a lot of ability and wish him all the best. That's beautifully said, Pete, and I agree with that. And it sometimes we just you don't underestimate that change of scenery. So you know, this is a guy, as we said, as you know, and I know, being Hawks people, a, there was a lot of expectation on him. He had the number twenty three on his back. That alone carries uh, a lot of history, a lot of significance. Buddy Derm, Don Scott, you know. So even that alone, whenever you're looking at the twenty three, that's you start to think of those names. So rightly or wrongly. Um, there was an expectation on him, and, and sometimes we, we were able to see him live up to those moments and have some great moments. 
but maybe that changes scenery for him where he where he just can 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 just be uh, someone who's there to play a role to maybe just be in the background a little bit more um you know to get a bit more of a hug not that he wouldn't have been getting that at Hawthorne anyway but it just might be something that just refreshes him and I heard a bit about that interview as well and, and I walked away thinking yeah maybe it's a really good thing that's happening for you and, and I walked away the same as you Pete going geez I hope it works out for you I really do one three hundred seven three six seven three six. just on the Hawks we've got a text message here just before we go to the break and I'd love to get Hawks fans opinions on this I've seen the same member email that a few people are texting in about um, Jeff Kennett's emailed to members tonight saying we are in the trade and soon the draft activities of the football year. This list committee will have the fundamental responsibility of deciding on the type and position of players for our next tilt at Silverware. This group will report to the football committee under the leadership of board member Richie Vandenberg. The board will be kept informed of both committees' thought processes, but we delegate trade and drafting to those we employ who are better qualified than us to make the necessary decisions. Obviously, we will keep members informed as the weeks unfold. This is the interesting bit. We may be surprised at some of the decisions made, but be assured they will be made after careful consideration of the club's future needs by those we charge to make such decisions. That's a very interesting paragraph. And um, there's been uh, more and more noise from Hawks uh, people, and uh, we'll hear a bit of that uh, maybe a little later on during trade evenings. That the Hawks are open to trading those big names that are currently on their list if they think it can improve their draft hand. So that is almost a precursor. Does that feel like that to you? I read that going, hey, there's some things that might be about to happen, but rest assured they're happening for a good reason. I don't know. You might not have read it in the same way that I did. You might not be hearing it in the same way as I reiterate to you, but I'd love to get your view on it. You don't even have to be a Hawthorne fan, but if your president sent you an email saying, hey, You might be surprised by some of the things that happen in this trade and free agency period, but rest assured, they're happening for a good reason, and we trust those that are making these decisions. Uh, There's a heap coming through about Toby Green. I'll start to get your text. Scott and Craigie Burn, stay right there. Still some other news of the day to work our way through, some list changes and uh, some people uh, changing homes. Uh, We'll update you on all of that. For time on, SEN. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'd set my my mind on my decision um a long time ago but it was obviously it was tough originally coming over here from Vic and um you know I, I didn't want to leave a single stone unturned and wanted to give it a real go and I felt like I've done that over the four years and um I always knew there was that pull to come home and um you know I obviously had a, the club gave me a lot of time to think about it over the year and um for me and my family and my partner it just came to be the right time to do it and um I found a really good match in in Carlton and um, yeah, it's really happy a deal could be done. And as you said, yeah, no bad blood with Fremantle. I'm, I'm in forever indebted with Fremantle. They've been great for me and um, I forever keep good relationships there. Uh, I did consider Melbourne. Um, I wouldn't say at the grand final the success was changing my decision. I mean, I knew from the start what I was basing my decisions on and, um, you know, I wanted to be somewhere where, you know, I can try and build something special and be a part of something special and, um, somewhere where I can grow to be my best self and um, have an impact. And for me, Carlton, um, from when I probably the earlier days when I requested a trade, fit that match really well. And yep. I remember saying to my manager that they're my number one preference. And um, they've been great to me over these last couple of months. And you know, I gave Melbourne the opportunity um, to pitch, which is publicly noted. And they were very impressive. They've got a very good football club, and they'll be successful for a long time. And um, you know, they were 
they're grateful that I gave them the opportunity and um, you know I sent them a message when I did nominate Carlton thanking them uh, for their pitch and um, I hope to build something very similar at Carlton. Adam Chera speaking to Sports Day earlier on this evening, his desire to return home and then the consideration of Melbourne and uh, before finally settling on Carlton. And he's an impressive young man, I reckon. He speaks very well. Just even, just even the... the just even that little nugget of information there that he texts Melbourne to say thank you for your interest in me. That's just shows uh, that just shows that uh, respect. It shows class, uh, and it shows the, the type of citizen that, that he is. So um, that was really interesting listening uh, from Sports Day a little earlier on this evening. Toby Green on the agenda. Uh, Scott in Craigieburn. Hello to you, mate. Good evening, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. What did you think today? Three weeks now to six. Oh, well, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, don't you? So, <laughs> no one to blame himself. Um, what I rang you about is we're having a bit of conjecture on Twitter at the moment about um, Toby Green possibly being deregistered because he's nearly hit the threshold of 16 weeks. Now, I've gone through the AFL policy. A guy's put it on Twitter. It's the national player deregistration policy, and it's all... I've read through it, and it says it's got to do with the AFL, the AFL women the ACT brands, Northern Territory, everyone, South Australia, Western Australia. And it says on there, once you hit 16, you're deregistered. I thought they dropped them a couple of years ago. But I'm reading this, and this says from July 2021. Yeah, so Kane got clarification on it today, Scott, and it's for everybody else other than the AFL, I think, and AFLW, that it's 32 weeks suspension. If he was to get up to 32 weeks of suspension, he'd be deregistered, but the 16 won't deregister him. Yeah, it doesn't say that under their... I'm reading their policy. It does not say that. That's why I was waiting for that to come up and say that. It doesn't include the AFL competition. It's all grades under. Because I, I, that's what I responded to the guy. Yeah. That doesn't include the AFL. It's just the local level leagues. Yeah, I, I know that... going out for a reason. Yeah. Going out and beating blokes up, you know? But, Absolutely. Yeah, I went through the policy and it doesn't say that. It says that they get a discount when going back to the local leagues. But it doesn't... In their policy, it doesn't actually say that. I'm going to have to have a read of it as well, Scott, not, not doubting your word, but I know that Kane was one of the items on his agenda today to get that clarified, and I did hear it. I was listening today when I was really struggling through what to anyone else would be a pretty stock standard exercise uh, regiment. For me, it, it felt like I was doing SAS, such as the slovenly state of my physique. But uh, So I was, in, I was a little bit under, the, <laughs> under duress when I was hearing it. But he did, I, my belief was that they had got official clarification on it. But I'm going to get Julio to follow that up, mate. It's a great point that you raised. But my understanding is that it, it doesn't, yeah, it, it won't be something that's going to affect Toby Green unless he got up to 32 weeks. But I'll look into it a bit further, mate. Thanks for bringing it to the attention. Uh, let's go to Steve in Point Lonsdale. G'day, Steve. Hi, how you going, man? Thanks for taking my call. No, thank you for ringing. I, no, I just disagree with Gil's got the power to like coming over the top and have it overturned. Like, why have you got a tribunal if they make a decision and he doesn't like it, then he comes in and gets a change because he wasn't happy with it? I just don't think that's right. Like, was that the pinnacle of the season? Like, you're talking finals. He gets rubbed out, misses a very important game, then he'll say, well, I'm not happy. I'm going to get that change. Well, why have the board to make those decisions? Yep. I'm back to the Hawks. So, yeah. Oh, I'm totally, I just think it's unfair. 
Yeah, see, so I suppose it's something that works both ways. So that if, if if the Giants weren't happy with that initial suspension, they could have appealed as well. So they have the right to appeal. The AFL have the right to appeal because the tribunal is independent uh, of them. So it, it's I suppose it's like, I mean, not that we want to always liken our system with, you know, the, the everyday court system, but that's that, that facility or that lever is there to be pulled, you know, legally as well in the real world when it comes to sentences that are handed down? Well, I just thought, like, you're being judged, trialed, there's your punishment, you take it. And I just don't think it's right. Like, it's just, yeah. Uh, I appreciate the call, Steve. And, and and I don't think you'd be Robinson Crusoe saying that you don't like that way that the system is set up at the moment. And I think there'd be a lot of people that would agree with you that you go, you have your day, the punishment gets handed down, and, and that's it. So there certainly does seem to be a bit of a disconnect between there certainly does does seem to be a need at the moment to recalibrate and realign our whole MRO tribunal, the appeal side of it. So it's it's probably part of a much bigger conversation, Steve, uh, the one that you've brought up there that, that really does need to be have. I mean, we're at a stage now and, and you know, I always make the point that if Jared Whateley stands there and throws his hands in the air and says, I can't quite, and not so much on the Toby Green one. I think he was pretty, he knew exactly where, he, where where that one landed and how it landed. But oftentimes when you hear Jared say, listen, I, I've, I'm scratching my head. He is a real student of that system. And when you hear him say, yeah, I'm not, yeah, we're, I'm throwing, if he's scratching his head, then what, what oh, I've got no hope. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Hey, uh, Nick, Steve, Ch- uh, Nick, Steve, Wayne, and Sam. I'm going to get straight to you on the other side of this. Uh, you're saying the news of the day. Time on. Uh, let's wrap it up uh, the last six minutes with your calls. You're saying the news of the day. That's what we do on Time On. Uh, Nick's in Hoppers Crossing. Hello, Nick. Hi, Sam. I haven't talked to you for a while. Yeah, it's How great to have good? you back. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, I'll go. I'll go very quickly. This one. start with a positive and, and a bit of a negative. First, I'll go with the saga with the, with the young boy, Adam Chera. He speaks really well. He's very mm. good. 21-22, birthday present today, joining uh, Carlton Victoria. Carlton's done well in the trade. The coach is going good, so there's a positive there. Hopefully, everything will fit. They've gelled. Now, with the Toby Green, I don't know. I'll start with a negative. Um, oh, who was it? Um, Gil. Gil, um, a bit, oh, I think it influenced the... Um, the um, decision a little bit today, which shouldn't be. But then again, he had to, had to um, put a point across. This is not on. You can't touch umpire. Doesn't look good for the young kids and all that. It's just stupid. And um, the merry-go-round, they have to change this merry-go-round. They, they can't keep going like this. They have to say, okay, this guy's done this. Four weeks, three weeks, two weeks. That's it. Bad luck. And the other side, I'm, I'm going to have a go at the, at the, at the boy. He um, has to learn from this. He has to learn... Not to do something stupid like this all the time. One day it's going to cost that GWS if they get in the grand final, um, the, the grand final. And um, I wouldn't make him captain. His attitude is too arrogant. It just loses the plot. They need to. They need also to change their attitude also at GWS and grab the kid and say, look, you're going to have counselling, management, anger management, whatever. If you keep continuing doing this, no matter how good you are or what, how, how great you're going to be. You have to be playing in the reserves or something. They have to do something. His attitude's not changing. He has to maybe smarten up, go to go to sleep tonight, and wake up in the morning and say, "I'm stupid." Not meaning that he's that he's, that he's dumb. I'm, I've done a silly thing. I'll be better. I'll prove in 12 months that I'm better than that, 
and I'm and I'm going to be even better in a few years' time. And then one day I will be captain. The club will yep. love me, the supporters, and that's it. And you won't hear this anymore. Good on you, you Nick. Do- Thank you, mate. I, I don't mean to chop you off. We're just running very short of time, and I've got a few other people who are keen to have their say, but you, uh, I really appreciate you ringing in. So don't be a stranger. Don't leave it so long between calls next time, please. Uh, Steve's in Chelsea. G'day, Steve. Yeah, g'day, mate. Um, yeah, I, I agree with the Toby Green thing because, like, you know, they're screaming out for umpires. And if you, yeah, uh, and I do, my son's an umpire, and uh, umpires in the morning, Peninsula Football League, which is a fairly strong comp. And, you know, he's got to be there for the ones, a Division One game. Mm. So, Mental Eliza versus Sorrento. And you're not got it half time in the twos, and there's not one umpire on the ground. Yeah. Literally, yep. no one. There's no field umpires, no goal. No, like you see, Guys playing in Division One reserve, they're throwing in the ball in the forward line or the back line, depending on what's going. On. And you've got the runners from both teams umpiring because, like, they're struggling to get umpires. It's a great point, Steve. So, We've treated umpires like second-class citizens from pretty much the day that the game started, I reckon, and it's got us nowhere. It's got us to where we are now, whereas you say we don't have enough umpires to umpire local footy. Clubs have got to put up someone um, to, to do it from a club point of view. We've got, you know, the amount of stories and texts that I get, not all of them get to air, but we've been inundated, mate, with, you know, the guy that rang me and said that his daughter umpired her very first game and she'll never do it again because of the abuse yep. that she cops. So we had to send a strong message. We have to back in our umpires. It's part of a bigger conversation, but I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, we, we just have to change the way in which we view umpires as second-class citizens. Um, it's to the detriment of the game, and we're feeling that at the lower levels most keenly. Completely agree. Because, yeah, what, what, I remember my son, when he started... You know, and he's umpire in an under-14s game, and he, you know, got abuse from parents on the side. Yeah, burst into tears, and I said, "Mate, you just got to hang in there, hang mm. in there." And he has, you know, and he's been doing it now for 15 years. But um, yeah, as the higher up you go, the better it gets. But um, yeah, people, I think clubs like even this year, he did an, he had to double up doing under-19s and the ones. And at the end of the night, I went, oh, thanks for doing the game, mate. And he goes, oh, it's all right, mate. I'll be here for the ones. And I go, what? And then I gave him a rub down and everything else. And a bit of ah, life. good on him. He's starting to appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. There isn't a game without them, Steve. It's an old cliche we know. Um, but but we're getting to situations where there aren't games because there aren't umpires. Uh, Wayne's in Mernda. G'day, Wayne. G'day, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good, buddy. Just, I'll, I'll be very quick. I know you're running out of time. In relation to the guy that bring you earlier about uh, being delisted after 16 weeks, he's almost right. The 16 weeks uh, relates to every other competition in Australia except the AFL, uh, who will delist people after 32 weeks of suspension. So, in effect, the AFL's uh, severity is diluted by half. Yeah, that's. I heard that today as well, Wayne, uh, when Kane... Um, had got that clarified, but there, there, it's without doubting our call before saying that the reading of it on what's officially up um, from what he's found uh, might need to be changed to to avoid the confusion that we're experiencing in some quarters at the minute. Thanks for that, though, Wayne. Appreciate it. Sam in Northbourne to bring us home. G'day, Sam. Yeah, g'day, Sammy. Just two quick ones. Um, on the sort of confusion around Toby Green and the suspension links and stuff, We've had a national system for hundreds, almost thousands of years. Do you think we're consistent in the way we penalise people? We have got to be more realistic with how penalties are going to be meted out. It starts with you guys in the media. It starts with people in the AFL. 
castigating the system every time there's some inconsistencies is unrealistic, I think. It's just how it works. They're doing as well as they can. It could be better, but we need to be a bit more balanced. And the second thing is, David King loves to talk about we need to stamp out the action, right? It's not about the outcome. We need to stamp out the action. And a lot of people talk about that. I don't understand that. If you try and punch someone and you miss them, and you try and punch someone and you break their jaw, do you get the same penalty? No, of course not. So it is, they're intrinsically linked. The I think that's his point. Yeah, I think that's part of the point that King is well, no, making, you, Sam. That that that, that we, we seem to be relying on medical reports and and you know intensity of impact rather than re- suspending on the action itself. That's I think you, you, I think you and he are making the same point. No, 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 no. I'm making completely opposite point. It's like in the it's like in real life. If you try and kill someone and you miss, you're attempted murder. You get five years. If you try and kill someone and you kill them, you go on for twenty years. So what actually happens, the result of what you choose to do is very important. In oh, Sammy, you're going to hate me now, but the clock is ticking up to where I've got to actually jump out. Mate, thank you for the call. Uh, trade evening's up next. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.